Hi, I'm Dina. Hi, I'm Aris. We're friends living in Amsterdam. And I'm glad to present our podcast, Surviving the City. Stories for surviving life in a new place. We hope you enjoy. Hello to all. We are here with uh, episode five of Surviving the City. And uh, this time uh, we are our, our guest. Uh, we decided to do that because it was uh, easy and uh, we wanted to share uh, some of our experiences. Yeah, sometimes, you know, it's nice to hear from the both of us. So in this episode, we'll be talking about self-awareness and how understanding and knowing ourselves helps us to adapt to new circumstances and has even surprisingly helped us during the current corona quarantine. So we hope you enjoy and we hope that you can learn something and maybe take the time to think about yourself as well. This past um, October, was it? I was in the US and um, I went with my two friends to Yosemite and that was the moment where I noticed something quite funny. Uh, I like to consider it my anthropological findings. Um, we were in this like guide, uh, guide posting basically where you have to register and you can pick up some guides to go hiking and things like that. And there was this man there with his wife or whatever, and they were looking at routes and we were also curious. And I was just standing there like a third wheel, like I usually do. It was my friend Scott and his brother, Chris. And at some point they start talking to this couple or this woman and they're asking like, yeah, what, what routes do you recommend? Where are you guys going? We're looking for some routes too. And she starts talking and recommending some stuff because she had gone there pretty often and then you know, she's looking at all of us and telling her, 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 us, her suggestions. And at some point her husband also joins in and he said, yeah, this route is great. And you can do this here. Just make sure to bring all the stuff against the bears and everything. And the whole time I'm just standing there like watching, but it's really amazing because the entire time him and his wife, they're looking at all of us. They're looking at Chris and Scott who are saying things and responding by laughing and smiling. I'm not really doing much. I'm not, I'm barely even having like facial cues. I'm just like listening and watching, but they're also looking at me as if I'm part of this conversation. So I found that really, as really kind of, how do I say, like basic, it seems human interaction wise, I was amazed at how much I noticed that they were having eye contact with me, even though I was not the active participant of that conversation or the active recipient. I was just there and I was part of this group and they kept looking at me and I was like, why do they keep looking at me? It was amazing. And the other place I noticed it in the same trip was um, I think at a donut shop. Yes, I go to Yosemite for hikes and then I go to donut shops. To celebrate that you did a hike. Yeah. Very good. (laughs) And I was at this donut shop and it was again another man. I don't remember what the context was, but he was speaking and I was with a, a guy and he was speaking and he kept looking at me when he was speaking, even though I wasn't really saying anything. Then I just realized like, I, I loved it so much, like this eye contact and being a kind of like 
included in the conversation without not, even saying anything exactly it made me feel so good it was like this i was like tasting something new almost like i was like oh my god it was like oh human contact like yes you know like i feel so much like warmth and and it was really one of those things i think about because you don't think about those things i never would have even considered this notion when i was living in the u.s that i actually crave it that i want human contact eye contact and i want to be included in these conversations and i tried to think maybe you know is it a cultural thing and i, I think it might be could it be a language thing that's also possible but i mean a lot of times you know here in the netherlands or in germany like i can understand and or i speak the language but anyways even if i don't speak how would they know It was the same in the U.S. I didn't say a word. I couldn't. Maybe I don't even speak English, but they still looked at me. So I just found that really funny. Um, didn't didn't realize it before, but the eye contact and... And do you think that, well, or you realize uh, this after so many years outside the U.S.? Because at the end you returned several times. It was okay for holidays, but yeah. you returned several times to U.S., And after a long period, you start realizing that. That's really, yeah, that's true. Um, this is eight years later, and this is the first time I've actually noticed it, which is mind-blowing. Eight years of being abroad, and now is the first time I'm realizing, like, whoa, I'm lacking eye contact in my day-to-day -day <laughs> life or being included in conversations. Yeah, funny. It's funny to realize how certain aspects of uh, your society you inherit in yourself without realizing. Mm -hmm. um, What society is this? Uh, so, yeah, I'm from the south of Europe and uh, over there uh, there is like this uh, myth that we are like really uh, warm people, like really close. So um, I never uh, thought myself like a warm and close uh, uh, person, but uh, well, more than other uh, <laughs> yeah. persons, but uh, I never had like um, the, um, uh, the image of myself, for instance, like really a close person, like physically close to people, you mm -hmm. know? So it was really fun when uh, when I was moving from departments to departments uh, in my work that uh, the day that we had like the goodbye party for myself, uh, people were, you know, coming to me to say congrats, success to the new position, blah, blah, blah. And uh, certain uh, uh, colleagues were telling me, Oh yeah, I realize. Well, I remember uh, the first days that you were working with us, uh, so in the coffee machine and so on and so on. That you were really uh, uh, physically close to uh, to us and also like tapping a lot, and uh, we were feeling like uncomfortable. And I was like, "What do you mean about that?" And I said, "And you wait like four years to tell me that <laughs> because it was not, you know, at the beginning. It's four years that I was like." doing this and you never told me and uh, it was it so was, and what I mean about tapping it's not only like for instance when I was making jokes or things like that you like touch the arm of uh, of the other person to say hey, this is fun you know like oh, physical contact physical contact and just in just to put it into context so you are 
the only, well, foreign, Spanish or whatever woman in this team of engineers of all Dutch men who are mostly older than you as well. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the image is interesting to see. (laughs) They are all scared of you. (laughs) Uh, Mainly that, and I never realized that a bunch of uh, Dutch men could be scared (laughs) uh, from a Spanish woman, because I will think uh, the other way around, like, you know, there is a female person here, and uh, we have, like, a bit of uh, contact. Hey, congrats, (laughs) but no. (laughs) So, um, what, and what, what exactly? Ah, uh, that's, uh, that's the point that uh, I never realized. So I never thought that uh, this part of the uh, Spanish or Southern uh, society that uh, being like really close, uh, huggy, touchy or whatever you want to say, I had it in myself. And when living outside in another culture where it's totally, uh, I will not say opposite, but more uh, cold, uh, you start realizing that you have certain behaviors from where you come from that are inheriting you and you never realize. And most probably it's because uh, when I was younger, I was in the atmosphere where everybody does it most probably. Mm-hmm. And you, uh, you see it as something normal. But when you are outside, uh, let's say f- uh, from where you are from, then you start realizing that this is not the common things that maybe people does and then you realize certain aspects of yourself that you have and you never realize it so that is really fun to see yeah and do you think um so you know you you see yourself now as like okay that's how I am I've I've picked up this kind of habit or way of interacting and I see like it's something that uh, makes me more close to my origins, let's say. It's something that I like it. I don't want to miss it because uh, I feel more close to where I where I come mm. from. So I think it's something positive. And, uh, Do you notice from other, the other people around you when they are not like that? Yeah, now I, I, I became more aware of this. So I can see also like, uh, for instance, when uh, people from the South, mainly Spain and Italy, uh, they are more, um, uh, they have this behavior more in their self. So you start realizing more that when you see people from other countries. So I have to tell you a story, actually. <clears throat> um, so after we recorded the part of this eye contact thing. Yeah. And I don't know why I didn't remember to tell you. I went uh, climbing, yes. uh, indoor climbing with mm. uh, Okan. He's my boyfriend. And some, like, not really friends of him, but these guys who are in the same, like, WhatsApp group. And they have mm-hmm. these meetups. So we went. And um, there, was, there were two Dutch guys. Mm-hmm. One Spanish guy. Yeah. And first of all... <clears throat> they were all very nice, and I talked to each of them a little bit. The Spanish guy a little bit more because he was in our little group of uh, climbing together, and the two guys were together. And first thing I noticed was when we said goodbye yeah. to everybody, for, there was a lot of handshaking. As soon as I, me and the Spanish guy, we did the kisses, and yeah. it was like not even a thought. It was just automatic, like, let's... Then I thought, okay, yes, I'm the only girl in the group, but then I thought, like... Like, the, of the whole group, there's a pattern, and then it changes, which yeah. I found funny. And then the second thing I thought really was funny was that 
it was me, Okan, and this one Dutch guy. And he's quite, you know, he seems sociable, not weird at all. And we were having a tea and we were just talking. And, you know, they were talking between the two of them a little bit. But I noticed again that, you know, when he was talking or asking Okan or asking about generals or he was telling something about himself, it was like, he was sitting between us yeah and he was mo- only looking at ogun and i was like why are you not looking at me i am in this table i'm i'm having the we're sharing the conversation and i kept looking to see if he would make eye contact with me and i was like just look over here look over here it was really he really rarely did it then i tried to observe it with ogun mm. he was a little bit Actually, a bit more mixed, but maybe, you know, he knows the both of us. So when he was talking, he was looking at me also at the guy, kind mm-hmm. of back and forth a bit. But I thought that was so funny. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's so true. It's so weird. That, but this person, it was a, a Dutch person. Yeah, oh. a Dutch guy. Okay, so they have like, but it's really weird because uh, then it's more like female male thing than... Uh, I'm not sure, actually. I don't think so, somehow. I mean, I don't... Th- maybe it is a little bit of that aspect. Could be. You know, I'm like... Because I'm I- the girlfriend of the guy yeah. who's going climbing with these guys. Uh-huh. But still, I also find it odd because, you know, if it's me, or in the case of in the US where yeah. I tell you this story, the natural tendency is you you're telling about yourself yeah. and you look at the people at your you, table you include everybody in the conversation yeah. not only the person that so you know or might know yeah so it was so weird anyways sidetrack yeah so actually that that also makes me think of another another uh, example of okay besides the need for eye contact now this is becoming a topic in my life and now every time I'm going to go out and socialize I'm going to just look for people's eye contact <laughs> let's really... see if they see I uh, look at you or not yeah yeah <laughs> I'll start taking like notes <laughs> like how many times out of 10 people I meet um but yeah on another note a little bit uh something I also found out about myself I don't know if this is really connected to my culture or where I'm from uh, I think it's maybe more of a personal thing but I I've come to realize that um, I I really crave a kind of community, a small um, group of people or a place where I can kind of I can just go, be who myself, be who I am, and then um, have like a shared purpose or shared goal with with other people. And I think that's pretty common need for people. But I think for me, it's it's become more evident over the years when I'm living abroad and, or in a new place because that's kind of the the factor that makes me really feel at home. So it's not necessarily if my family's there, for example, and for a lot of people, it's if their family's there, that's home. For yeah. me, it's not really. It's more, do I have a community there, like a place that's stable? It's going to be there in 10 years. I can come back to it you know I don't have to make an appointment I just Mm. go in I had that with for example the sailing club I was part of in California um, where I go there every once every two years when I go back to California Mm. 
and it's still the same and there's still a few of the same familiar faces like nothing has changed I go there this guy Tony's there when I joined like ages ago and I'm he's like oh hey Dina I'm like hey Tony I'm thinking like don't you have to work it's like the middle of the day on a Tuesday <laughs> but okay I don't ask him those I'm like fine whatever and now I have it here in Amsterdam I have the Cascantin which is for me like that's what it is you know I can go there whenever I feel like it there will be people there you can go there volunteer make food uh, do some gardening and I think I've come once I found it I realized it like ah, oh, okay this is the same situation I had back in California I can really feel now more like I'm at home so it was an interesting thing uh, but you didn't uh, realize uh, that at the beginning right because until you didn't find a cash canteen uh, you knew that something maybe was missing but uh, you didn't know what yeah yeah that's true I mean I wasn't even I don't know if I could say something was missing mm. but I think with a lot of people um living abroad you know even within our friends yeah. everybody says there's something there's something that's not totally making you feel at home or, or whatever yeah. and I didn't necessarily look for that something mm -hmm. I was just kind of living life and then I stumbled upon this place and then it was like oh okay that is something that I needed I didn't know it um Other people, I guess, already do these things from the start, you know, when they move somewhere, they look for like a group of people mm. to do game nights like my flatmate does, or they join churches. I mean, that's in a, the yeah. same kind of concept, yeah. communities, whatever. Um, yeah, but it's, I think it's something that is nice to understand about myself mm. after so many years and probably um, I think being aware of my needs and the things that make me happy in that way is really good because it's just always better to understand about yourself yeah to yeah. be able to reproduce it whatever you are yeah yeah exactly and things that you for example are not willing to give mm. up like I can sacrifice yeah. or give up some other aspect of my life, which is maybe not as important to me, and okay. it would be fine. Nice. Yeah. And uh, would you say that uh, this place is like the family that you choose? Or it's just like a place where... Yeah, I see there what is, you mean. There is people and that's all, and you feel like home, but it doesn't matter which people is there. I would say, yeah, a bit. Like, I value a lot of my personal relationships with my friends, and mm -hmm. that's, like, kind of the family that I make. Mm. These communities that I really feel good with, I don't think it's necessarily about the specific people, even though there are de generally, I like them, they're mm. similar to me, whatever. It's just more about um, having an open place where you can just go and do yeah. what you want to do yeah it's like the atmosphere that they build is the thing that i like so we're on a call right now uh we're doing a google meet call and i'm re we're recording this because of 
the coronavirus, which, you know, has changed all of our lives. Um, that being said, that's the disclaimer for anyone who's listening, that our audio is not as high quality uh, than it is in the in the other parts of this earlier earlier episode. So what I wanted to say to you or ask you in light of all of this, um, your experience, your experience living away from home, all of these things you learn, you learned about yourself, you learn what you like, what you don't like, what kind of person you are inherently. And how is this, how are these learnings um, helping you to adapt to this new situation, this whole like coronavirus lockdown? I think uh, that also uh, comes back to the fact that it's also a bit what we discuss it in the podcast, right? Try to know yourself. So then when situations change, not only situation, yeah, when situation changes, you can adapt more easily. And I think this is when I can apply everything that I learned during these years, like uh, moving around. And uh, now, okay, I'm not living alone, but when I was like my last move from Spain to the Netherlands, uh, I learned how to be by myself because I spent, I mean, of course, you change everything. You need to uh, meet new people. You have to make your own environment and so on and so on. So over there, I learned, I think, major two things from myself that, that now are helping me out to this pandemic thing. <laughs> and one is like, uh, I learned to be with myself and with that I cope it because I know that I need certain structure. And one of uh, and one thing that I need in this structure is like good food and, and sport, I need to move. So then, okay, maybe I'm close at home, but I try to make some schedule where these two things are there. And mm. the rest, okay, working from home, la la, la it's, it's, it changed because now I don't have to go to the office and so on. So this only changed the location, but it's something that I will do in my normal life. But I try to keep like my routines and that is what is helping me out maintaining my sanity, I think. Mm. Mm. But this is like, yeah, I think it's important to know what is important for you so then you can apply it. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm still trying to figure that out, like as we speak. I, I think that I know myself well, but it seems that in new situations like this. <laughs> yeah, but I think you try to find, because for instance, you know that you need some kind of community. Maybe you should build up something that maybe you meet uh, by Skype, of course, right now you cannot meet in person <laughs> because it's not the best thing to do it. But maybe it's time to put some imagination and some creativity and make things online. Yeah. Hmm. That's an interesting point. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, and I'm thinking, like, I should be more creative, actually, like you said, to think of creative ways of addressing what I need. But I'm thinking, like, yeah, what can I do? Like, how... How can I, how can I keep having the things that I want in my life in this isolated age? <laughs> I'm yeah, not sure. I, I yeah. 
Yeah, no, I mean, you have to figure it out and I'm, I'm sure that you will. I mean, there are plenty of, uh, plenty of solutions because also I found it, I find it really fun that you say in this isolation moment, but in reality, it's the moment in life that we are more connected. We have a lot of tools to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely an exercise. I think previous to this recording, I thought that I knew myself quite well, but I see that it's still not the case because now we're in this scenario. I'm finding myself a bit frustrated and I'm thinking, damn it, Dina, like, what is it that you need? Like, how am I going to go over this hurdle of feeling, um, yeah, like restless? I mean, everybody, I mean, everybody's experiencing it in different ways and I'm pretty sure I'm very, very, very lucky with my whole work situation, my house, my friends. I'm super lucky, but you know, my my experience of something is not invalid, and neither is the experience of somebody who's really struggling or somebody who you know has the luxury of I don't know having a huge house with a gym inside or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I th I think also like what um, maybe it will help out our audience your uh, your uh, your story uh, that I mean people can understand and know themselves like I think you do but maybe it's good just to you know a step a bit back and and think about what you can do to fulfill your needs because sometimes it's that the difficult part what mm -hmm. you can do in this situation to fulfill what you need right creative thinking exactly thanks to be here with us again as you might know you can find us in itunes stitcher spotify and other podcast apps i hope you enjoyed the episode and i hope to see you again in the next episode of surviving, surviving the, the city, city.